This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Hey, it's 12.03 and a soggy Monday afternoon, September 12th. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us on the Noon Business Hour, presented by the Village of Bedford Park. I'm Rob Hart. Tens of thousands of American rail workers could be on strike by the end of this week. We'll get an update in our next segment, but right now, one of the biggest keys to investing is getting started early on. Let's get some direction from Ed Jertsen, Certified Financial Planner founder of the Engage Wealth Group based in Chicago. Uh, Thanks for joining us today, Ed. uh, When it comes to uh, investing in your 20s, especially if you're just entering the uh, workforce at uh, 22 or 23, it's very tempting to see your businesses or your company's 401k plan uh, as a way of just, uh, you know, pocketing that money, getting a little bit of a bump in your take-home pay and not taking advantage of that. And Ed, how does that cost you uh, down the road? Yeah, it's one of the greatest issues we see with young folks. You get your first job, you're all excited, your first paycheck, and and now you just want to go out and start spending some money. And, And what I generally guide the younger folks and your young listeners is think about 90%. Can you live on 90% of your income rather than approaching it with saying save 10% of your income, which seems like a huge number? So most people are like, yeah, I can save 90%. And again, for those young people to start, immediately start with those retirement plans, especially if you have a company who has a match, max the match, because that's free money into your account. And again, that compounding over time can have real huge benefits in terms of financial independence. And on top of that, uh, and this is something that uh, I think a lot of younger workers may have a hard time picking up on, and that is the notion of uh, your retirement benefits being taken out pre-tax. So even if you are having a little bit deducted from your paycheck and put into that 401k plan or some other retirement plan, you're getting it at a discount. Yeah, and that's what your listeners really have to understand is that compounding happens tax deferred, right? So whether your employer has a Roth 401k or traditional 401k, oftentimes people get lost in the details of where should I invest and how I should invest. Keep it really simple out the start, out of the gate. Just start, put it in a target date fund, and just start from there and make it automatic and not a flat dollar amount. This is the biggest guidance I can give your listeners, Rob, is make it a percentage because as your salary increases, so do your contributions, and it's automatic and you don't have to think about it. And then if you start at uh, 25 versus 22, if you wait a couple of years before entering that 401k plan, uh, how do you cost yourself down the road? 
potentially. Yeah, even slight delays in the years can have huge compounding effects down the road. You know, if you're waiting today because you wanted to have some more liquidity, start saving tomorrow, you know, two years, five years, 10 years has a really big difference at the end game on the financial independence. So don't delay start today. And then what about, uh, you know, the economy turns south? I mean, that was the case uh, a couple of years ago. And you might want to suspend your 401k contribution just because you're afraid you may need that extra money in the near in the near term. Uh, what's your advice about that, uh, that type of uh, strategy? Yeah, please don't please don't not contribute to your retirement account because you're worried about the market, right? Unless we're fervent believer believers in capitalism. It's difficult for capitalism to go out of business. So the more you contribute and the consistently you contribute, think about your buying more and more shares of whatever fund you're investing in. That is a great compounding effect. You're buying more shares if the market's going down, and that really has great compounding effects uh, future on down the road. So please don't contribute. Don't stop contributing to your plan because you're nervous about the market. Look at it rather as an opportunity. Ed Jertsen, certified financial planner and founder of the Engage Wealth Group based in Chicago. The website, engagewealthgroup.com. Thank you for joining us this afternoon. Your daily transaction for useful information. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Nearly 60,000 railroad engineers and conductors could be walking picket lines by the end of this week. Let's get the latest now and discuss the implications with Josh Idelson, senior reporter with Bloomberg based in San Francisco. Josh, thank Thanks for joining us today. Um, the major railroads in the United States and their uh, labor unions seem to be uh, working through a series of uh, new contracts, but two remain outstanding, and it sounds like the clock's ticking. Uh, what railroads are affected, and uh, what unions are we talking about here? That's right. So these are pivotal unions, the engineers and conductors, and by the end of the week, around 57,000 of them could be on strike over really a key set of issues remaining in negotiations, not about pay per se, but about time off and time away from work to do things like go to a funeral, go to the doctor's office, the ability to be off and not be on call, as these workers say they sometimes are for weeks. They argue these are really punitive attendance policies that are hurting the industry and hurting workers who shouldered a lot during the pandemic. The railroads are saying that they're already needing potentially to reduce the services they provide this week in advance of a work stoppage. And the railroads argue that the board convened by President Biden already put forward a proposal that does not go as far as the unions would like. Now, there are uh, six uh, major railroads that serve the entire continent of North America. Two of them are based in Canada. The other four are in the U.S. Now, is this strictly against the uh, four major U.S. carriers uh, in the West, Union Pacific and BNSF, in the East, uh, Norfolk Southern and CSX, where the Canadian carrier is involved as well? This is a potential strike that would have a ripple effect in all sorts of areas in the economy. And that's part of why we see the Biden administration scrambling to try to execute some kind of deal here. This is a tricky position for the Democrats, including the president, to be in because they do not want to see 
major disruption or chaos before the midterms and at a sensitive time in the economy. But this is not a president who also gets up wanting to be seen as obstructing workers from being able to stand up for time away from work and for their health and their families. And so it's a situation that a lot of people would like to see get resolved quickly. And it's not clear if it will. Josh Idelson, senior reporter with Bloomberg based in San Francisco. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Coming up next, identifying careers that are currently in high demand. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Some careers, including one that's probably not top of mind, are currently in high demand. Let's learn more from Rick Cobb, founder of the workplace consulting firm Two Discern based in Chicago. Rick, thanks for joining us today. Three career categories uh, in demand, and they all uh, involve uh, working with people or pets. Sure. Well, one of the ones that's in very high demand is mortician uh, work, whether it's uh, uh, the basic tech skills or the actual mortician. There's a 90% placement rate out of the mortician schools. Uh, They tend to be uh, family businesses. There's a very high demand for that. We can make all sorts of jokes about people dying to get in. Um, that, <laughs> I mean, I said it's it's a very lively scene this morning. <laughs> so let's let's make it a little less uh, onerous there. The vet, veterinary technology. So veterinary schools are very hard to get into. There's a lot of people who would like to be veterinaries uh, in a uh, veterinary professional, but uh, there are vet tech degrees in a lot of uh, technical colleges, and that's a good living, and it's a path to probably moving forward. Uh, so you can make a good living there. There's a high demand for them to make between 40 and 50K. Um, one that I stumbled into, which I didn't bring up earlier, which is a farrier, which is actually the person who makes the horseshoes, but they also uh, are very involved in the, the, the physiology of the horse's leg and how the shoe fits and how they walk and how their hoofs are shaped. Uh, that's like a, can make $100,000 doing that. Um, and, and and you thought the guy who made the horseshoes like simply uh, worked at Colonial Williamsburg too, or or, yeah, or the no. old time town. Well, I guess when you go to when you go to the the big races and you see what's going on there, it's probably important that your that your multi million dollar horse has good shoes. Now on the on uh, the on the mortician <laughs> side of things, I mean this we yeah. joke about it, and uh, I do wonder if there were several people who watched the HBO series Six Feet Under twenty years ago sure. and thought, well this is actually a fascinating business, the entire machinery of death and how you comfort families and make sure that they are uh, gratified in the in this uh, very tough moment in their life. Uh, I do sure. know some people who did go into to the uh, mortuary business and do very well for themselves. And they kind of have that lane all to their own uh, because it is a, uh, er- a, su- an, a, a subject area uh, that can be very off-putting to a lot of people, but you are providing Absolutely. a very essential service. Yeah, it's a critical service. I mean, there's there are a lot of things around that, you know, grief counseling. There are other related fields where you're dealing with the po- process of the end of life and many things around that that where there's a need and the pay is good for that. And if that, if you can, you know, if you can do that work and come home and be okay with it, then that's great. One more fun one, just because I thought this was kind of an interesting topic, a really high paying job, airplane repossession. So if you need to, uh, to, to go and (laughs) if you want to take somebody's DC 10 away, uh, this, that's been your lifelong dream. uh, You can live that dream. Finally. 
Yeah, dog, dog the bounty hunter only. You get uh, five to ten percent of the the value of the plane when you actually get it back. I guess you probably have to be a pilot, though. Well, if if uh, John Travolta ever falls behind on his uh, payments on his seven oh seven, you know where to find him. Rick Cobb, the founder of the workplace consulting firm To Discern, based in Chicago. Thanks for joining us today. Some fascinating jobs uh, you might not have thought about. Still ahead, the correct way to cancel a credit card. I'm Sandra. And I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is Chicago's News Traffic and Weather Station, News Radio 105.9. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. This is Bernie Tafoya. Several suburbs and DuPage County make their case tonight against allowing the merger of two major freight railroads. Britain's new king addresses members of the country's parliament. There is a proper way to cancel a credit card. We'll get insight from an expert. It's Stock Picker Monday. We'll get a couple of suggestions from an investing pro. WBBM Business, the markets are higher. The Dow is up 271 points. The NASDAQ is up 144. The S&P 500 is up 45. AccuWeather says mainly cloudy, breezy, and cool with a couple of showers. A high of just 63. Right now we have 58 degrees at O'Hare under cloudy skies. 59 in Midway, 57 at the lakefront. It's 1231. Topping our news at the half hour. Key representatives of several suburbs make their case tonight against a proposal to combine two major railroad companies. The story from WBBM's Bernie Tafoya. The Canadian Pacific and Kansas City Southern Freight Railroads are proposing a $31 billion merger and if allowed to happen would wind up sending more and longer freight trains through the Chicago area. Tonight, mayors, police and fire chiefs, and village administrators from eight suburbs and DuPage County are promising to reveal never-before-heard evidence of why the proposed merger would have detrimental impacts on their communities, with 8 to 14 more trains a day from Elgin to Bensonville. The officials will be responding to a draft environmental impact study by the Surface Transportation Board and how that study falls short. Burning Tafoya, 1059 WBBM. King Charles III has addressed Parliament after lawmakers expressed their condolences following the death of Queen Elizabeth. My lords and members of the House of Commons, we gather today in remembrance of the remarkable span of the Queen's dedicated service to her nations and peoples. Charles adds that he plans to follow his late mother in upholding what he calls the precious principles of constitutional governance. It's 12.32. The noon business hour continues, presented by the Village of Bedford Park. Stocks are trading higher. We're joined by Jim Welsh, macro strategist and portfolio manager at Smart Portfolios based in San Diego. The website macrotides.com. Jim, thanks for joining us again today. Uh, What we've been seeing for the last couple of days has been... uh, described as a relief rally on Wall Street. Uh, What relief are we celebrating and uh, how long can this continue? Well, I think there's still the hope, uh, Rob, that uh, uh, the Federal Reserve is going to raise rates and then begin cutting them next year. 
So I think that hope is misplaced, but in the short run, that has been kind of driving the equation. Last Tuesday, Lyle Brainerd, who's one of the governors on the Fed, said that, you know, at some point in time, the risk between uh, a recession and inflation will become more equal. And people jumped on that. And I think that was the main impetus to start the rally. And it has just continued to follow through. Now, let's say the uh, CPI print uh, comes in uh, either it meets expectations, as in it's uh, down on a month-over-month basis, or it even exceeds expectations. What? How will the markets respond to that uh, about the uh, potential uh, for a, a course correction in, on interest rates? Uh, markets are going to like it, uh, Rob, and, and that was really my expectation, that we would see a rally up into the CPI report. I believe it will show a decline um, a very small decline month over month, year over year, maybe a little bit bigger decline. Uh, and the markets are going to look at that as like, oh, that means the Fed doesn't have to raise rates as much and they'll be backing off. I think that's totally incorrect um, for reasons I've discussed uh, regarding the labor market and so forth that we don't really have the time to probe and go into. But in the short run, uh, you know, the markets respond to whatever narrative takes hold and a drop in the uh, CPI will feed that. My expectation, though, is that the market is likely to top with either tomorrow or the day after, then see a pullback into the FOMC meeting, which is uh, next Wednesday. And then how much uh, data would the Fed have to see to uh, reassess their, uh, their, their current strategy? Uh, how many uh, CPI prints, how many PPI reports would they need to, to see to, to, to really come to a conclusion that inflation's coming down in a meaningful way? Well, it's a great question. And honestly, I think the answer is that the Fed is going to be very happy to see CPI inflation coming down. But their bigger concern is the labor market tightness, which has goosed wages. And that is far more sticky. So my take, Rob, is that the Fed's going to raise rates uh, enough to create market slack, labor market slack, so that uh, the unemployment rate will probably get to 5% or higher. And they're doing it because they don't want to have happen is that at the beginning of the next expansion, you know, after we go through this slowdown, whether it's a recession or not, anybody's guess. But what they're looking for, Rob, is that as we begin the next expansion, that the labor market is loose enough that we don't see wage pressures emerge too quickly. And I think that's going to be the Fed's focal point. And that's why I think the markets in the short run are going to celebrate the inflation news and then wake up and become more sober as we go into late this year, early next year regarding the wage inflation battle. And then depending on the trajectory of the uh, uh, the Russian invasion of Ukraine, especially after the news from this weekend that uh, the Ukrainians have managed to uh, break out and uh, push back on uh, some Russian-held territory, um, Europe is looking at a rather cold winter as far as uh, energy price disruptions are concerned. Uh, the United States economy is far away way and still are rather robust compared to Europe, but uh, can we be sucked into that uh, particular center of gravity? Well, energy prices are global, obviously more intense in Germany because of the reliance on Russian natural gas uh, and oil. Um, but, uh, you know, U.S. citizens are going to be paying a lot more for energy this uh, winter because of the global high price of natural gas. So it will dent us. There's no question about it. The one thing I'm concerned, quite honestly, is if things continue to turn against Russia in the Ukraine war, at some point in time, I think there's a risk that uh, Putin goes, you know, goes for broke 
and considers using tactical nuclear weapons. That's a real risk, I think, uh, if things continue to follow the path we saw over the weekend. Jim Welsh, macro strategist and portfolio manager with Smart Portfolios in San Diego. The website, macrotides.com. Coming up next, canceling a credit card the right way. It's discussing the news affecting your money. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Canceling a credit card can have unexpected negative financial consequences. Let's learn how to avoid having that happen with the help of Ted Rossman, industry analyst, creditcards.com, based in New York. Ted, thanks for joining us today. You pay down that credit card debt, you get that balance down to zero, you cancel that credit card, and your credit report is dinged anyway. Why is it that uh, you get penalized for canceling a credit card as far as the credit bureaus are concerned? The main reason is because it reduces your amount of available credit. So this is an important calculation in the how much you owe category, which in total makes up 30% of your score. A big part of that is credit you're using divided by credit available to you. So that's where ideally you want to have a lot of available credit and not use that much of it. So I love the idea of paying down credit card debt, but what I think is best for your score is to keep that balance low, but keep the available credit. So keep those old accounts open. And what is the uh, best way, you know, to keeping those old accounts open? I mean, the what what if you don't want to uh, continue paying an annual fee on that particular credit card? Yeah, that's a good point. The industry term is a product change. So let's say you have this credit card that charges an annual fee. You're not really using it, or maybe it's a card where the rewards are not all that great. The point is you want to switch to something else. If you phrase it as a product change and just ask that card company to switch you to one of their other offerings, you can do this without reducing your available credit. You can avoid any sort of hit to your credit score. You're just kind of switching from one card within that family to another. I tend to think that's a better option than canceling. And then uh, what if you uh, just applied for a credit card and then you say to yourself, I don't want to do this anymore, or I changed my mind, or it doesn't necessarily suit my needs? Uh, What's your strategy uh, there? I think that would be another candidate for a product change. Unfortunately, you can't really undo that application or that account opening. Um, Like I said, credit utilization is the biggest factor. There are some other things involved too, like the hard inquiry, for example, when you apply for credit. Um, I think what's done is done in that case. And then really the best thing moving forward is just, you know, keep the available credit, use the account responsibly. Um, But we just want to be thoughtful about all these applications because there are different factors. Um, But one good news thing is that on positive account history, that'll stick with you for 10 years, even after the account is closed. Uh, Now, negative will stick with you for seven, but uh, that's a bit of a myth. Sometimes people think, oh, if I cancel the account, I lose all my history. You don't lose the history, but you do lose that available credit immediately. And then lastly, and very quickly, what if that credit card is just simply too much of a temptation Uh, You need to develop a spending spending plan and stick to it and that uh, you run the math in your head and that the ding to your credit score is is, uh, far better than uh, just giving in the temptation and running up that card again. I think in that instance, maybe it would make sense to cancel the card. Um, I've actually heard of some people doing crazy things like literally putting it on ice in the freezer or something. But, um, yeah, I, I think there are some instances if you don't totally 
trust yourself. Maybe it is better to avoid it entirely. Ted Rossman, industry analyst with CreditCards.com based in New York. Thanks for joining us today. Join us at this time tomorrow for Travel Tuesday and still to come, our Monday Stock Picker. It's information to make cash and save cash. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Stock Picker Monday. Lending us his expertise this afternoon is Michael Palumbo, founder of MJP Capital, author of the book Calculated Risk based in Chicago. Michael, thanks for joining us today. Uh, Your two stock picks for the week are uh, somewhat sensitive uh, to current conditions, and one uh, is trying to plot a path forward in this uh, post-pandemic economic model. Yeah, good afternoon, Rob, and thanks for having me on. Yeah, I, the first stock is Uber, and, and yes, they are still, uh, they're obviously a growth stock, and they still have not made a profit, but um, they are showing signs that they're creating a, a very big moat. That's things that, that's the thing that MJP Capital, uh, we, we look for uh, in our investments, because uh, we love monopolies. This, this company is, is, it's tore apart the, the taxi cab industry, and uh, if you, even if you look at competitors like Lyft, they, they pale in comparison on a revenue basis to, to what Uber is making. So not only do they have monopolistic ca- characteristics that we like, but they've also got revenue growth of 100% year-on-year on a trailing 12-month basis to over $25 billion. Now, it, this is a $63 billion company, but companies like this in this type of position and growing at this rate – trade much higher multiples of, of revenue than two and a half times. So we think this is a, a fairly easy double in the next 12 months, assuming economic conditions just remain, you know, reasonable at this point. And uh, we love the stock here. Um, they do have to show the public that they can make money, but and that will not happen for another year and a half. We, we look for 2024 for that to happen. But by then, the public will have sniffed out this, and the stock will have already doubled. So you kind of have to invest it now and wait for the, the profitability to happen, which it will in, in, in another year and a half. And the uh, next one is in the oil and gas space. Right, so Devon Energy. So Devon is a is a very cheap stock on a PE basis, nine PE. So completely opposite of of Uber. Uh, not a growth stock, but it's a great play on inflation. And and um, right, this is a this is a company that that produces oil and can make money with oil much lower than it is now. Some of these producers cannot do that, but Devon can do it at sixty dollars even below. And we we've got oil at eighty eight dollars right now. Um, the stock is cheap even if if oil just remains around in this range 85 to 90 if it were to go back to the 120 range that it was just a few months ago you're talking about a hundred dollar stock so i think this the stock has 10 to 20 percent upside just with oil here but with another oil shock which there's a lot of possibilities of that happening both in russia iran other other geopolitical risks if that happens this stock's going to go up 50% or more. So it's a great hedge on inflation, and it's a cheap stock. Michael Palumbo, founder of MJP Capital, author of the book Calculated Risk, based in Chicago. Thanks for joining us today. His stocks for the week, Uber, U-B-E-R, and Devon Energy, D-V-N. You'll find past programs and later today a podcast of this hour at WBBMNewsRadio.com and the Odyssey app. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.